Hello, welcome to the Beyond Blocks podcast, uh, a podcast about Drupal and related software development topics. Uh, I'm Oliver Davis, and I'm here with guest Matt Garman. Uh, hi, Matt. Good to have you on the show. Hey, Can thanks you, uh, for having me on. Share a bit about yourself and, and what you do. Yeah, so my name's... Or... Yeah, so I, I currently work at Acquia. I'm a principal software engineer there, but I am also the maintainer of PHP Stand Drupal, um, the Drupal Check project, and also the creator of Retrofit for Drupal. And been doing Drupal for about eight, nine years now. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been following your career so since you were working for uh, Commerce Guys, then Centauro, and now Acquia. So I think I've been following you for a while and uh yeah i seem to think you've been i think in the nicest way longer around longer than i think you have for some reason that doesn't make any sense but <laughs> it feels like you've been around forever doing all these work on things like drupal commerce and everything but yeah it's uh yeah relatively sort of new uh, as compared to a lot of sort of long i've been pe seeing people at DrupalCon who've been around for like 15 years 20 years or something you're in the sort of the, the newer bracket in the, the nicest Nicest way. Yeah. <laughs> nicest I've been way, very guess, fortunate but... in my career to have to work on some high profile things. I mean, Drupal Commerce that got me to <laughs> do like it launched my professional career, but also working with open source and contributing as my job. Right. I think I've seen you speak. Yeah, I think we were just talking about this before we press record about Drupal Camp and things. But so I see, like, do you used to work in a bar or something, and then sort of switched across to doing web development? after that or how did that start so i delivered beer so i had right, my okay, commercial driver's yeah. license and drove a truck and delivered beer that's cool yeah i must have seen you give some talk like i i wouldn't know that <laughs> any other way so i must have seen you uh give a, a talk or something about about that but um yeah re retrofit is the thing i think we want to talk about today um i am very safe from very familiar with the work on drupal commerce um some of the other things that i'm sure we'll maybe talk about today or maybe later on at some point things like php sand drupal and drupal check as you mentioned but but retrofit has come across my sort of radar uh a lot recently i think with the drupal 8 end of life or the drupal 9 end of life uh and the drupal 7 sort of coming soon end of life uh which i'm sure it's the last one now right there's not going to be any more extensions for drupal 7 now at least yeah i don't believe so so um yeah hopefully that's uh people will be in the upgrading mindset so yeah do you want to explain a bit about what retrofit is if you've got like some elevator pitch for everybody in terms of what it, what it is so retrofit for drupal allows you to take all that code you've invested time building in your drupal 7 platform and kind of do a lift and shift onto drupal 10 without rewriting it okay um, so that way you know there's lots of bugs and as being like a senior developer, you know that your, your biggest brain drain comes from reviewing code and testing changes and upgrading from Drupal 7 to Drupal 10 is basically like a replatform, which yeah. involves a lot of review and a lot of changes. And so how can we reduce that so people can upgrade faster? Yeah, I've done quite a few Drupal 7 to Drupal 8, 9, 10 projects i'm doing one at the moment and yeah it's pretty much start again from scratch everything like rewrite all your custom modules because the as we know well, you and i know at least 
the changes from Drupal 7 to say modern Drupal, so anything eight on was, was quite substantial with the introduction of you know, primarily object oriented PHP and Symfony components and YAML files, which you know, weren't a thing really before Drupal uh, 8. So yeah, to try and, it wasn't as straightforward of upgrade. It was pretty much start again and, and yeah, rebuild everything, pay to have everything rebuilt again. And um, yeah, anything I guess that sort of makes that easier for people uh, and also, so still from our side, I guess, keeps them in the community, but also from their side, you know, what's the cheapest way we can upgrade them? Yeah. Um, they're going to be sort of good, yeah, keen to do that rather than let's rebuild everything and maybe introduce a whole new set of bugs <laughs> along the way if you're not if you're not careful. So exactly, um, is it only? Is it, yeah, so is is you mentioned Drupal seven? So is this is retrofit? Only for, for Drupal 7 to Drupal 10, or does it work with, with the Drupal 9 end of life now? Is there a, a Drupal 9 use case, or is this primarily a Drupal 7? Uh, so the primary target is Drupal 7, but nothing is stopping it from supporting Drupal 8, 9, 10. But the main idea was, let's, I want, instead of being letting the developer and me get away and say, I'm going to chase all the different types mm -hmm. of things it could solve, to try to be really pinpoint in focus because it is a new idea the drupal community has invested a lot of effort and time into data migration via the migrate yeah. module um, but for example retrofit does provide a replacement for the module load include function which was removed in drupal 9.4 but let's say that you have this code and for some reason you can't change that line well or you can't change a lot of the logic to the new service you could then do, you could edit your code and be and say and namespace it to the retrofit provided function. So backslash retrofit backslash Drupal backslash module load include. And now you can have your code work the way that it did in Drupal 9.4 before it was deprecated and removed for Drupal 10. The one that springs to mind is my Drupal set message. That was always the one that I think yeah. was used in all the examples, right? Is you used to call Drupal set message function global function before it got moved into like a messenger service or something. So is so there a, a retro of... version of Drupal set message that you can use? Yeah. A lot of Drupal eight sites could probably benefit from some of these changes because Drupal set message lived on until Drupal nine. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. I think it's really hard to remember what got it's removed, hard, yeah. but you know, retrofit provides replacements for all the DB functions. So DB select DB insert, it's pretty much the same. It's just now there's not a function. It's just a class. Okay. Um, so there could be some Drupal 8 code that get that can leverage this as well. My end goal or my, my idea for the project is it can provide these backwards compatibility layers for each major version of Drupal. Mm -hmm. Just right now it's focusing on Drupal 7. This idea, like in the end, if it is supporting 8, 9, 10, etc., like all these future versions should that be one package or should it not be because would a drupal 10 site want to have functions that were from drupal 7 and now it becomes it lets you write mm -hmm. code like it was drupal 7 in your drupal 10 site it kind of it expands the api that drupal provides and that's also my one concern is i want it to be the i call it a backward compatibility layer but if a function exists it can be used right okay yeah that's quite interesting because um I think how that would sort of yeah how that would work. Something on projects is a trying to think of something something that's 
jumping out to me. Something like Hook Bend, you then, for example, do let's get really into the Drupal 7 area. So, is, yeah, how does retrofit sort of cover things like hook menu or, or does it is it encouraging you to i'm trying to say so is it the idea is that you will then sort of transform that to using like a root function or is it would you continue to use like a hook menu invitation from retrofit or you would you do you would take your drupal 7 module that has your hook menu you would edit the info file to be info.yaml because retrofit can't do that Okay. And then you would go to your custom page and see it displayed and working just fine. Okay. So it how Retrofit works is with Drupal, there's the service container. That there's mm -hmm. actually a way to define custom service providers that aren't pro from a module. This is how tests register themselves. So Retrofit mm -hmm. has a little bootstrap call that says, hey, Drupal, um, call my class so I can register and alter the service container. And that's that's the entry point. And what Retrofit does is it in, it listens to the route route alter event, and then during that event it says, "Hey module handler, go find all the modules, invoke hook menu, and then it translates um, that hook into all the routing." Now the the one thing is in Drupal seven, hook menu was the routing system, the menu system, our links and actions. So Retrofit does support all of those APIs now. At first, it was just the menu system or the route, sorry, the routing system and some of the links. And then actually I had a contributor that added support for actions and tasks from that hook menu instance or okay. data rather. Okay, that's interesting. What about themes as well? If you've got, if you talk about modules and things, what if you've got a custom theme that's using the PHP template templates and does, does Retrofit also support that? Or would it, does it provide some compatibility back to, from, twig somehow so it, it it lets you render your php template templates and your theme functions inside twig templates automatically so it hooks into the theme registry and it can tell if the if the like hook theme was being defined by a module and if it's a theme hook so a function or sorry a theme function and there actually registers a twig function that will call your legacy PHP template or theme hook. Um, and if you have a theme, theme support is kind of a hard, is a really hard problem to solve. But let's say you did, I, I've been experimenting with Bartik. So taking Bartik from D7, running in Drupal 10. I have it running and I'm able to support template overrides. So if you have a node.tpl.php, it will read that as your template override instead of like cores node.tpl.php html.twig or however it is okay yeah i'm having slight flashbacks to writing tpl and tpl.php files it's been been a while since i've had to, to write some of those but it's definitely a thing um okay so is it the idea that you install retrofit on a project and then use that sort of a step towards upgrading to Drupal 7? Or is this something you'd, you'd, would you keep your Drupal 7 signed around in the long term with the retrofit? Because Drupal 7 is going end of life in January 25, uh, 20, January 5th, 25. 2025. Yeah, which, which year are we in? <laughs> so yeah, so is it is this providing almost like a long-term support approach or is this just like a, here's a step from Drupal 7 to Drupal 7 plus retrofit 
to that into Drupal 10? I would say it's a step. It's not long-term support because think of your code as living in a shell, like think mm -hmm. like in a, like a wrapper. Um, in a perfect world, everything is abstracted. Well, your custom code integrates with Drupal 7. And, but the Drupal 7 runtime, if you will, is what's being end of life. So the, the callers of the APIs is going away. But Drupal 10 or modern versions of Drupal 10, 11, 12 remain in security support and won't have as many breaking changes as we experienced before. There's no more rewrites. You know. So retrofit essentially allows you to take your custom code and put it in the new runtime. And is that backwards compatibility layer? Just because Drupal 7 is end of life and not receiving security support doesn't mean your, your code's broken and useless. Because that's your code that you wrote and said, I will maintain security support for. It's just your runtime yeah. has disappeared. So Retrofit gives you that ability to do to create a new Drupal site, add Retrofit to it, and then kind of, like I said, lift and shift your code. So you could just cut paste your code into there and it would start running. For the most part, it's not perfect. There's going to be some errors. But the idea being that you you're just putting your existing code in a new runtime that new runtime is modern supported drupal and then you start instead of rewriting your code from scratch you can run it see where it errors and then say oh i need to fix this existing code i need to modify this instead of learning how drupal 10 works and deciding how to rewrite your code from scratch you better fit it's not drupal modules it's a completely separate thing so how do you go about adding it to a to a drupal 7 project existing so, project so your existing drupal 7 site that's where you'd make a plan to start your new drupal 10 site so you would say all right we, we're deciding to stay within drupal because mm -hmm. the alternatives won't work for us like drupal's content modeling system works for us we don't want to go for a headless cms we don't want to move to wordpress like we like what Drupal provides, and we know at its core, it's still in Drupal 10, just the code work. So that's where you do composer create project, Drupal project D10, you create a new Drupal 10 code base, and then you do composer require retrofit, and retrofit lives inside the new Drupal 10 code, because it allows Drupal 10 to call your old hooks from Drupal 7. So that's what I was using, like, think of like a runtime. If Drupal 7 was one runtime, and Drupal 10 is another one, Retrofit is that compatibility layer that lets you still call all of the old hooks from your existing code without having to rewrite it yourself. Okay, I'm with you. So you still got your Drupal 7 site. It's live. You start with a fresh Drupal 10 site, install Retrofit into it, and then move your custom code from Drupal 7 into Drupal 10 Correct. with Retrofit, dot adding and Retrofit start into 7. Yeah, you add your retrofit okay. into Drupal 10, and then you can start also running migrations faster um, because a lot of times migrations are blocked on custom code or custom fields. Mm -hmm. So the idea would be you can get your code available and start running migrations faster and just the feedback loop. Um, so you're not, not only reducing costs on rebuilding, but just the feedback loop of does this work? Can we migrate data? Can we move faster? And I guess from a client perspective, they getting this upgraded quicker and faster with less bugs because you're migrating existing code that's already been in production for a while rather than writing it all again from scratch. Um, so yeah. from a client perspective, should have the more stable sort of project at least to begin with, as you say, and then get it live 
faster because you've not got to rewrite as much code. And then presumably that over time, you then work to remove some of the retrofit stuff and migrate everything onto the, the sort of the Drupal 10 way rather than the, the old Drupal 7 retrofit way. Yeah. So if we have okay. now one year before the end of life, you have four quarters or yeah, you have four mm -hmm. quarters, really three, you have three quarters to get your Drupal 10 site ready with the existing code that last quarter to verify it. And then you have the next three to five, however many years to just migrate away from retrofit or okay. what if it's that one site that just works and all of a sudden with retrofit, it's still just working and you want to, your business wants to focus somewhere else. You could just let that keep running as is, or make the decision to refactor the code over time. That's it. It increases the runway. Right now, everybody has a very limited runway. Like I said, mm -hmm. three quarters to build something, one quarter to test. That's not very a long runway if you're doing it from scratch. But this way, you yeah. kind of you can get there and then have an elongated runway after the fact. Yeah, that's interesting. There's a lot of Drupal sevens, <laughs> a lot of Drupal sevens I'd sell out there, given as it's as you said, there's only sort of three quarters or four quarters left, but before it need before it will be going end of life. So anything that's going to help those sites migrate and hopefully stay within the Drupal ecosystem uh, is obviously well, a good thing. Yeah. So okay. Um, it's the. So anything particular about the actual retrofit itself? Because it says, as you said, it's not a, a Drupal module. So is, is it like a, is it a, a Symfony project? Is it just a PHP sort of library that you install? Do you want to talk a bit more about how it's actually built or anything interesting there? I mean, it's it's just a PHP project. It's like a module with that doesn't have to be installed. And that that's the that's why I wanted it in all the docs. I say it's not a module because people think, oh, I have to download and install Drupal land. You have a two-step process to enable code. You always have to compose a require and then go to a user interface and turn it on. But with this, there is no user interface. You just, once you add it to your project, it is on. Um, so it, but it integrates with Drupal via the modifying the service container. So all of Drupal's existing event dispatching, there's some tricks to be able to work with hooks since it can't have a dot module file. So there are some interesting um, adjustments that have had been made for things that normally would be invoked via like a hook in the dot module file, but it just, it just taps into the service container and uses service decoration to just invoke its own code or its own code alongside Drupal core. Um, not like somewhat like a module might do, but not in the ways a module would. And how does Drupal 11 affect it at all? Like, would there be another new version of retrofit with any new Drupal 11 APIs or anything in it, or will they just work with the current things? For the most part, it would just work. You know, maybe there's something that we were using from Drupal 10 that changed, so retrofit would have to handle that deprecation itself or accidentally provide support for. Um, we, let's see, for the module handler in Drupal 9, 10 get hook implementations was removed there's there's some hook about getting all the implementations of hook was removed or made private well drupal 7 had a module implements function and then we made that public again so by supporting drupal 7 we haphazardly added back a drupal 9 api method 
So like that was added as support when we want to talk about the multiple versions. Um, but with Drupal 11 coming out, I don't see there being any problems. My biggest concern is the fact that Retrofit does entangle itself with some internals of Drupal and implementation details. So it could be susceptible to a, a change or to a breaking change by accident, but ideally that those would only happen at minor releases. So every six months, so I'm not too worried. It's just pay attention because every six months, something could happen on, you know, 11.1 where they changed how something worked internally and retrofit broke, but retrofit tries to like, like as I brought up service decoration, it doesn't even try to extend any classes. It uses complete decoration where it tries to take whatever Drupal normally has. And it's like an inner property calls that and then enhances it along the way. So it tries to not, I try to avoid extending and overriding classes because that does lead to breaking code. Yeah. Yeah. I had an issue with the uh, override node options module, which is one of the ones that I maintain and uh, I was running with adding the new GitLab CI integration onto it uh, whilst I was at DrupalCon and then found one of the tests was failing now because something in core had changed. It's just like the messaging had uh, changed slightly. And so when I was looking for some text to appear that used to be there, it now wasn't there. And the new text is better, but it did break the test. <laughs> it did break yeah. the test. So yeah, it's the, these things do happen, I guess, um, sometimes. Okay. Um, just have a look at the GitHub repos here at the moment. So I see it's in a retrofit Drupal organization, but it seems to be, is it mostly you maintaining this? Or is it you and a team of people maintaining it? Or it how is does that just work? myself. Um, there's one contributor who's been contributing a lot, um, because they're working on it, to, they're working on it actively to get a Drupal seven site on the Drupal 10 for an organization. Um, and this is like the, I've been floored because there's been a lot of stuff added. One of the big features I, so I worked on a lot of like base functions and then I started adding PHP template support. And then I stubbed out custom field support. So if you have a custom field type, field widget, field formatter. And they've been working on that because they have a lot of custom fields and retrofit does support form API and it does some fancy stuff. So you can access form state via an array still. And they've been dog fooding it. And it's more so me saying, okay, I'll merge this and we'll take it this way and coming up with the bigger picture. So it is mostly me, but there are starting to be contributors trickling in as organizations experiment and try it out as an alternative to, hey, let's just rebuild the entire platform. Things just bring to mind. It's like, is it, is there a particular type of site that's good for this? Is it small sites or big sites or more complex ones? Or I guess if it's small or too simple, it'd be easier just to migrate it using sort of the traditional sort of typical yeah. migration. But I suppose it's more fits if you've got something that's large or more complex, it'd be better. I, I was aiming at the large, just because mm. that was what I had worked on. And large is like such a weird... Right. <laughs> what, what does large mean? So let's say that there there was like the number before 400,000 Drupal 7 sites. And in my mind, half of those will are viable for Drupal 7 or for upgrading to Drupal. One of those is a snowmobile club site that a family member is part of. That's before Squarespace was big. Did they need Drupal 7? No. 
or sorry, did they need Drupal at all? No, they, they can go to Squarespace. But so there's like, let's say there's 200,000 sites there and maybe some of them need to sit and think, okay, how much business, how, how integral is Drupal is what we built to our business. They might not be, when we think large, some people might think of like, like the, the fortune 500 companies of the world. I mean, they could be a business that does $12 million a year in annual revenue because of their Drupal site. That's still a small business technically, but they have value locked up in the custom code they've built. That's let them run their business. So I'm thinking of businesses like that. Um, because I've worked with a lot of those businesses that are technically small businesses, but earn a good amount of revenue and Drupal is their platform and they don't fit anywhere else. Um, mm -hmm. That's what a lot I saw because of working with Drupal commerce, people that didn't fit, but Drupal provided that option. So that was my thought. And this is, I've been in a lot of projects where Drupal was the framework that provided content management tools that let them achieve what they needed to do. So how do we let them take their investment and all the time they spent on this and make it live longer? Um, Cause that has been the one complaint is, I know a lot of nonprofits are kind of in a weird place because they've invested it. It's a platform that they've used, but they don't have the budget to rebuild. I don't know if this is gonna be a solution for them, but for those who do have money to still have developers, it will help reduce that overall cost, I imagine. So that way they don't lose all that investment because also, if they go somewhere else, like let's say that, you know, go into the e-commerce example, Drupal 7, somebody had Drupal Commerce, and like, I'm going to go to big commerce. Guess what? You're going to spend all that time rebuilding your business logic and extensions yep. onto big commerce. You're still changing your platforms, no matter where you go. And this is at least helping staying on Drupal look more attractive, or at least cheaper, so that way it seems more like, oh, we should keep going this route. Yeah, actually, I built a project for a client a couple of, well, a few, well, quite a few years ago when I think about it, but it was Drupal 7 and Drupal Commerce, and it's, but it's not like a typical sort of e-commerce store, but it's a photography competition that they run once a year. So yeah, like each competition they do is a new product, and then people enter the competition by, or by purchasing the product or, or the variation of it. Uh, and they just upload everything against their, their order item. Uh, and they were sort of looking at, we did a, a Drupal 7 to, must have been to 8 uh, upgrade. And was, the, that wasn't so much the problem, but there's a whole sort of back end on that, like, because then they had jurors that to go in and score everything. And there's some custom logic around that. And who's, you know, has, has everybody reviewed this? And there's some dashboards in the back end for each individual juror to go and see. And, then as a site admin, like you go and see well, who got the highest total of scores and the highest average of things. So there's a lot of custom logic happening behind the scenes when they were like, oh, we could move to you know, Shopify or whatever it was that they were sort of looking at. And it's like, yeah, you could get that would work for like the front end part of your project, but it wouldn't you wouldn't get all the custom stuff that's happening behind the scenes. So mm -hmm. yeah, if there's a way of, of keeping, as you said, that investment and that time. You know, that already been written and it has been in production already for a long time. Uh, there should be a lot more of a stable migration than mm -hmm. let's write, rewrite everything from scratch. Yep. Old code is good code because it has been tested and bad approven. Um, now I don't like when lots of things change in code because you don't know with the side effects and right. you know, 
everything that we build could outlive us and its original purpose. So I like to keep things concise as possible to prevent the unknowns from happening. Um, you said at the moment you have one main contributor other than yourself to retrofit. If other people want to contribute, how perhaps the, do they best do that? So right now I don't have the greatest onboarding docs. It is very technical, but let's say somebody was, they put it on their site and a function that existed in Drupal 7 was missing. Like I can't even think of one at the moment, but they were like, hey, well, this function existed in Drupal 7. If they look at the retrofit code, they would see that there's a functions.php that, that loads other files that contain functions. And then you rebuild the function in, a, in its proper file. So there's like a common.php to replace common.ink, okay. things like that. And you could go recreate the function there and then make a pull request onto GitHub. Or honestly, if they want to contribute, the biggest thing is opening an issue and saying, hey, I ran it and this broke. Because the the hardest part about retrofit is the scope. The, the scope is kind of simple in a way. It's take Drupal 7 functions, make them exist so code can run in Drupal 10. But I have no idea what the boundaries are. What what needs to be replaced? I started working on various API replacements. Like, well, what's most beneficial? To me, it was the entity system. But then a lot of folks were like, well, what about themes? And I'm like, oh, you're right. Themes are a big part of the rebuild process. And then I have a contributor coming in that is mostly forms and custom fields on entities. I was like, whoa. Well, at least they're dictating those items and I had the scaffolding there so I can merge their stuff while I try to figure out how to support themes better. Um, so just getting feedback on what is missing is a huge contribution on its own because it informs the roadmap for the product. And GitHub, I guess, is the best place to do that. Yeah. Is, is it just one one repo in this organization? The retrofit Drupal organization and the retrofit repo inside the organization. So there is the main repo. The reason mm -hmm. I set up the structure is it makes it on GitHub easier to add collaborators without full admin access to things. Right. Um, I have a demos repo up there. So it's a Drupal 10 site with retrofit. So that way I could have like the, the core package, um, the demo. And then what if I wanted to add C tool support? Well, I don't think that should go into the core retrofit. That should be its own package. So I just felt like this made it more scalable in terms of adding collaborators with proper access. And also, um, let's say it is a success and people are really using it and it could branch out to other contributed modules and then they could have their own package. So you could add retrofit for Drupal core, but the address module, you know, then that could have its own package with its own support and has its own life cycle outside of the retrofit project. Yeah, I'm looking through this at the moment, looking through the menu examples to see what's what's doing. Yeah, it's interesting. As I said, I read your blog post about it, but I hadn't seen some of the code. I hadn't seen the code examples, the demo examples before. We'll have to have a good look at this after once we finish here. <laughs> a good a good look through and see what what else is in there. Rather yeah. than the documentation is underway. It was missing because um, I hit decision paralysis. Like, how do you document okay. something like this? Right. <laughs> Like, oh, people usually want to say, is this, does this API exist? Does this hook, is this hook supported? Um, but there are some markdown files that briefly try to go through it. And then I'm trying to find some tooling to automate it because I can't use 
PHP document or, or API gen, because that'll document the entire a, quote unquote API of available classes and functions. When really, that's not what I want to have documented. I want to have the, the function replacements documented, not anything underneath the source directory. So I'm trying to find the best way to build something like that. But for now, there is at least a markdown. There are some markdown files. So you could search the repo for like your hook and hopefully it should show up to make it easier to understand. Do you have any idea about, as you said, about adding compatibility for things? Like if you looked at Drupal 7 as it is now and then retrofit, is there like a percentage of how much is covered? Is that a metric you're able to sort of find or any sort of idea about? Or is it just as when people would raise issues and report things? I think as when people create issues. I wanted to try to do that, but the Drupal 8 plus docs on core APIs is much more fleshed out than Drupal 7 was. Like I was yeah. trying to find links and docs and it, it was very much like api.drupal.org. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. But if you, and then if you dig into the hook menu, there are some weird things. Like I was even looking at my old code and the, like the masks for if it's a link or a callback and has a task and action, there are just so many variations or the fact that then the menu system ties into the router or into the form API because your forms, your form routes called Drupal get form and retrofit provides a, a custom controller and form class to support your forms. But how do you, I can document that form API supported, but like it's, it's supported in the menu system and it, it becomes really hard to describe how that's supported and what that looks like. And then there aren't existing docs that explain it that way. Where right. the modern structure of the docs make it easier because like all of our APIs are segmented in their own like wiki docs. But Drupal 7, that organization didn't really exist. So then if somebody, you talk about contributing, but if someone wanted to, you know, say help in, improve or, or test it, do they need their own the Drupal 7 site that they're working on that they need to then dog food or is there you've got the demo examples now I suppose but is there like if someone wants to contribute and maybe didn't have a Drupal 7 site what's the best way for them to get involved so I was taking the examples module so Drupal has the examples module that shows how to do things and I took the Drupal 7 branch and I took several modules and I actually put them into retrofit it's under like test and fixtures. So there is a fixtures directory that has these modules and it does test against them. So that's how I was doing it. Because I didn't have a Drupal 7 code base because I haven't worked with Drupal 7 since 2016 maybe. Um, and those are all proprietary projects. So I didn't have a very large base to go off of and that's what I did as the examples. So that way the core foundation could be found. So if somebody wanted to, there are those that code is committed and could be used for the unit tests and you could add more from that project or that demo repo should have, it might not have all of them. It might only have the ones that, that quote unquote work or were tested. Cause some of them are obscure, like go to the node one. And it's like, this isn't a real life. It's showing how code does things, but it's not like a real life usage. I was looking at the node one actually. He said by coincidence, it's had it open on the, one side here yeah, yeah. reading um, as we're as we're talking yeah. that's one thing too and i i should document that i'm thinking about node node types in drupal 7 you defined your bundles 
as hooks and they're in code in Drupal 8, 9, 10, their configuration. Mm. I'm not going to, Retrofit won't provide replacements for that because that's part of your migrate process. So that I think needs to have some docs that help draw the line of what's retrofit and what's migration because migration yeah. would be all of your node types and fields that configuration gets copied over from code and features and whatever else to Drupal's configuration management. And then the other parts retrofit provides. Yeah. That would be quite key to be like, this is where retrofit starts and ends. That's where the migration thing starts and ends. And yeah, you don't want people making issues for things that are outside of your lane. Um, so yes, that would be, mm, yeah, maybe not black and white. There's going to be some gray area there, isn't there? I suppose. Yeah, it's just a lot of gray. And I've just been kind of taking it as I come because I figure if one day I woke up and there's 20 issues in the queue that said, I installed this, it didn't work because they had misunderstanding. I'm like, hey, that's really cool. 20 people pr- tried this. Right. They had issues and that's unfortunate, but they, tried they, it. they saw it as a solution to their problem. That's really interesting. Um, I'm already thinking there's a couple of projects that I could potentially use it on <laughs> and try it out and see what it see what it does. Um, there's one client I've not worked with for a while, but they're still running Drupal 7 project. So yeah, it could be an interesting one. Interesting one actually to to uh, to, to look at. So yeah, and I think anybody that does try it out, they probably have a senior principal engineer that heard this and like, oh, this could solve our problem. A junior engineer might see it but they're not going to have the leverage at an organization to make, to say, let's try it. It's going to be senior people that try it. Like I'm just going to take 30 minutes and actually give this a try before pitching it. So mm-hmm. I'm at least hoping that's the correct, that's the flow of the audience. So that way it can get some of these edges roughed out before it begins more traction. Yeah. Maybe do a little spike or a proof of concept. Like, yeah, this is what it does. And yeah. I think yeah. that would be great if you could, someone could do that and be like, look, at, we've got this Drupal 10 site and it's running all of our Drupal 7 code in, in it. Um, we're doing that fine enough with, must be like commerce kickstart and Drupal 7. We we're discussing e-commerce for something. Potentially, I think it might be for a client project. And we were still looking at CMSA or the CMSB. And uh, one of the ones we looked at was Drupal, was, was Drupal commerce. And uh, I was like, let me speak to somebody and being like, yeah, this is like, how long would it take to build an e-commerce thing from scratch? <laughs> and uh, then I was like, yeah, there's like, you do compose a, um, might be like profiles or something, um, install profiles or whatever it was, this is a while ago. And it's be like, yeah, this this is commerce kickstart <laughs> and out of the yeah. box um, set up and, and yeah, got that working. So yeah, if, if there's some way of having people be able to do like a really sort of short proof of concept for somebody and sort of demo uh, as you said, like a senior or a principal, just be like maybe in like a um, like almost like a show and tell sort of session or, or lunch, lunch and learn or something. Like, hey, this this is the thing, and we've got it running. Maybe part of the website or, or something that yeah. would be quite useful. Okay, um, I was going maybe I don't know if I have any for time, but yeah, I was going to wonder about maybe talk about PHP stand Drupal or, or Drupal check a little bit. I don't know if we've got anything to. to talk about those or whether maybe we have you on again to talk about those in a bit more detail is there anything yeah. you want to talk about talk about those now um, quickly or 
I know. I'm actually really excited. It seems like Drupal check is starting to fall out of favor. So for anybody who's like, what does that mean? Um, way back, running PHP stand was kind of not clunky, but it didn't. It wasn't as widely adopted, and it was still a very new idea. And saying, oh, install PHP stand and PHP stand Drupal and configure it, Drupal check was like a out of the box runtime. And it just worked, which is honestly what the upgrade status module is now. So the upgrade status right. module is, I would say, superseded the Drupal check CLI because it does more. Um, so it's really cool to see that that's kind of going away and people are either using PHP stand directly with all the things configured or the upgrade status module. Um, especially, you know, it's just it's streamlining upgrades. Um, Drupal core signed off on me adding PHP stand deprecation rules as a dependency to PHP stand Drupal. Um, it was for some roundabout reason. I wish I could remember what, but in order to, oh, for scopes. So long trail in PHP stand, the deprecation rule, we added the ability to determine if the scope is deprecated by custom logic. So not just like at deprecated is in the PHP doc. Well, in order to use and test that, PHP stand Drupal had to make it a proper dependency to add support for Drupalisms. And before I did that, I asked core because then that would make it a new core dependency. And I wanted to be mindful. The maintainer said, sure, it's a development dependency. Great. So now Drupal core, if you're using the core dev package, PHP stand Drupal and or PHP stand and its deprecation rules are just added. So now oh. it's one less configuration step. Um, it's just becoming more and more tightly bundled. And I saw that on speaking of GitLab CI for Drupal projects, PHP stand is now enabled by default as a job. So it's all really coming full circle that it's this little project PHP stand Drupal just help PHP stand gain adoption in Drupal community for core de for deprecation checks and now code code quality as well. That's really interesting. Yeah, I think upgrade status module has been really sort of key. So for doing just just about to launch a Drupal 10 uh, version of a project, uh, hopefully in the next couple of days. But yeah, like that was such a game changer, I think, for us. Like having scanned through our project, including all the custom code as well. Just by yeah, there's five things that need to be fixed in this module. Here's a list. Um, yeah. and a lot of them were the same things over and over again. But just be able to see that in a list and put those into tickets and like this is what we need to update in this module. I think it was, uh, yeah, it gave us a really clear sort of roadmap of what we actually needed to do, which, yeah, I don't know how we'd have done that without having <laughs> having that tool. And, you know, that's using, you said, PHP style under the hood to, like, actually look through your code and, and check it. So I think, yeah, that's uh, a bit of a game changer, really. At least it has been for me. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay, I think we're pretty much at the... Uh, in the time so um is there anything else uh or anything you want to talk about or what is there a place people can find you online yeah um so if you're interested in more about retrofit or any of my other writings i do have a blog mglomen.dev um i try to do like a weekly blog post there otherwise on socials you can find me at mglomen on there just if you if you got any questions or curious just feel free to message Cool. Thanks again, Matt, for joining me, uh, being the first guest on the podcast. I think it's all gone uh, quite well, he says. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Um, and thanks, everybody, for listening to the 
Beyond Blocks podcast. Um, I've been Oliver Davis. Thank you very much.